How did we get the New Testament canon that we have today? That's a really complex and interesting question, and it's given rise to a lot of Da Vinci Code type theories over the years. The fact of the matter is there was not one person, one group, one council or backroom deal that gave us the canon of Scripture that we have today. In fact, the canon of Scripture, and canon is a Greek word that means measuring rod or rule, came to us out of the worshiping life of the church. Christians took over uh, a Greek version of the Jewish scriptures called the Septuagint. Now, the Septuagint contains certain works that today are in the Roman Catholic Old Testament and the Orthodox Old Testament, but Protestants don't use these works generally. Almost all Christians everywhere, though, accept the 27-book New Testament that we find in our Bibles. It looks like the process of canonization started pretty early, probably in the second century sometime. Around the year 180, Irenaeus writes that just as there are four principal winds, four uh, corners of the universe, and four pillars that hold up the sky, it's only right that we should have four Gospels. Now whether or not you consider that a valid argument, what it shows us is that by around the year 180, uh, that the fourfold gospel was pretty widely in use. It wasn't universally in use, but it was pretty widely in use. In the year 325, Eusebius of Caesarea, who's often considered the father of church history, provides us with a list that gives us 20 of the 27 books of the New Testament that we use today. So what this tells us is that 20 of these books were pretty widely in use by the early 4th century. The earliest witness we have though to the 27-book New Testament canon comes from Bishop Athanasius of Alexandria. Uh, it was in a letter he wrote to his pastors and uh, even after Athanasius's list there were still other lists. Athanasius's list didn't settle the matter or anything like that. None of the seven ecumenical councils, these great gatherings of Christian bishops from all over the Christian world, um, ever ruled on the canon of Scripture, interestingly enough. They were interested in things like Christology. Um, they were more interested in doctrinal matters. They don't seem to have had an interest in uh, fixing a set canon of Scripture. So how did we get it? How did we get the New Testament canon? Older scholarship has tended to see the formation of the New Testament canon as the result of a power struggle between uh, leaders of the emerging Catholic Church, what we would call proto-Orthodox Christians, and other groups of Christians that we sometimes call heterodox or heretical. So what these scholars are saying is that there were certain groups of Christians that the leaders of the emerging Catholic Church didn't agree with. These Christians were making claims those leaders didn't agree with. And their response to this was to establish a fixed canon of Scripture from which they could argue. Now, the religious leader that's often used as an example uh, in this kind of scholarship is Marcion. Marcion thought that the God of the Old Testament was a cruel and evil God of of law, and that the God of the New Testament was an entirely a God of love and grace. However, not all the New Testament communicated this, only parts of it. 
And so Marcion, he, he developed what we today call the Marcionite Canon. It had no Old Testament, and it had only uh, the, an edited version of the Gospel of Luke and ten of Paul's letters. He left out First and Second Timothy and Titus, the pastoral epistles. Okay, the, the, the leaders of what was the emerging Catholic Church, though, realized that this represented a huge theological mistake. They opposed Marcion and eventually excommunicated him. Some of the more significant developments in Christian thought over the centuries weren't thought up by some theologians sitting in a study, but actually came up out of the worshiping life of the church. And that's really how we got the New Testament canon. Works that were considered useful for teaching in Christian worship over time uh, became authoritative. Works that weren't considered useful for teaching in Christian worship didn't come to be considered authoritative. How is it that they uh, decided which works were useful and which works weren't? Well, before there was an established canon of New Testament writings, there was a set of a basic set of Christian beliefs that was broadly held by Christians in both the East and West. Now, this set of beliefs, which we call the rule of faith, included things like uh, Jesus' divinity, His death on the cross, His resurrection from the dead, and a final judgment. And so, the rule of faith kind of became the canon, the measuring rod or rule by which one might decide which works were useful for teaching in Christian worship. Works that illuminated the faith of the church were considered useful and eventually became authoritative. Works that didn't illuminate the faith of the church weren't used and didn't become authoritative. There were other factors also that came to bear on which writings were seen as useful. For example, attribution to an apostle might lead some people to think that a work is useful for teaching in Christian worship, although apostolic attribution didn't necessarily guarantee that a work would, over time, become authoritative. And the lack of apostolic attribution didn't mean that a work wouldn't have become authoritative. For example, the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Luke, are uh, neither of those are attributed to an apostle, but both are part of our 27-book New Testament canon. Now there's one more thing I want to say about this, and that is that as a Christian, I believe that God guided the formation of the New Testament, that God gave us these authoritative texts. Yes, there are historical factors that we can identify uh, as affecting the formation of the Christian canon, but I believe that God worked through these human actors that were involved in canon formation to give us the New Testament that we have today. That's part of what the inspiration of Scripture means. Not just that um, God inspired the writers, but that, that God also inspired the selection of the texts. Well, there's a lot more that could be said about the formation of the New Testament canon, but this is seven-minute seminary, and so I'm going to leave it there. That's the seven-minute version of how we got the New Testament that we have today.